You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. A science story, huh? And I just thought, well, I figured it wow. out. it was that golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true personal stories about science. I'm your host, Catherine Wu, and this week our story is about psychics. Now look. I know what some of you must be thinking. This is a science podcast. What are psychics doing here? I promise I'll explain more in a minute. Later on the podcast, we'll even be delving into the science of visiting psychics. Let's just put a pin in that for now. But come on, while I've got you here, let's admit it. There can be a kind of guilty pleasure in this sort of stuff, right? I mean, I'm not much into psychics myself, but I've always been a fan of personality tests. And I'm not talking online quizzes that tell you what succession character you are or what color jelly bean best captures your vibe. I mean, the ones that ask how you'd react in certain situations and how you'd rate your own tendency to socialize and then give you a sense of how you compare to the rest of the world. There's one I like called the Big Five, and it tells me that my extroversion and agreeableness are both kind of low and that my neuroticism is off the charts high, all of which, if you know me, definitely checks out. And yeah, all personality tests totally have flaws. No single chart or designation or category can explain all of personality, especially across such a wide range of cultures and life experiences. And scientists know that personalities change over time, and they're not everything when it comes to explaining how humans behave. And personality tests definitely are not a scientifically backed basis for, say, hiring someone or not. When you're bored, though, sometimes it's just fun to feed a subset of your persona into an algorithm and see what it spits out. In a way, that's its own kind of science. Gathering data on what you're projecting out into the world and getting back something to log in your big old brain bank. And even if what you get back is silly or dead wrong or actually about Logan Roy or jelly beans, no, that's okay too. Maybe someday that's a great story you can share with us. Our story this week is from Rich Tackenberg. It was recorded in a secret backyard location in Los Angeles, California in October 2022. The theme that night was expectations. All right, so I am not a scientist. I'm a storyteller. Uh, I grew up Catholic, but my religion was science. I have always been a scientist at heart. Uh, I've never understood how people can believe in something unseen without any scientific data. When I was four years old, I didn't understand that. And uh, But as I've grown older, I've developed this new hypothesis, which is that people who do believe are happier than those of us who don't. And It's interesting to notice how many people that believe seem to feel better. And I feel fine, but I want to feel better. 
but I can't just choose to believe. I need some kind of data, which I've kind of been searching for for a while, which is why four years ago, when my wife said, hey, there's a psychic in West Hollywood that has seances in her living room and her guides speak to the attendees, I was absolutely in. Because it sounds, I mean, if you, th I'm a science nerd, you can imagine what I think of, of psychics, but what if I'm wrong? What if there is some data that supports maybe there is something more than I can see? So I'm absolutely in. We show up at Pat's living room. All of the furniture has been removed from the, and there's only shag rug carpeting and a row of, of seats and it's filled. There's about 12 of us. Pat is a short, older woman and she raises her hands up so that her guides can start speaking to her. And she says to one of the first women uh, in the circle, she says, my guides are telling me that somebody in your life is going to disappoint you in the next 30 days. And the woman's, oh my God. And they, everyone has pads, by the way. They're writing this stuff down. And and to the, to the next guy, there was a, a, a guy, I don't know where he was sitting, but he uh, had been coughing and he said, she said, one of my guides is telling me that you need to stop drinking orange juice because it is orange juice that is creating the phlegm. And he's, oh my God, thank God, thank, okay, that's great, that's great. And this is going on and I'm so interested, not in Pat, but in the people because they are absolutely like this is like scientific facts that they are being given they are writing this down as if it is absolutely true and what's weird is as she's telling people things some of them are very negative and yet they still seem to feel better which is so interesting to me she comes around to me and she says you there's a problem with your car and i said sure and she says no one of my guides is a race car driver, and he's telling me that you need to check your driver's side front wheel. It's actually above the wheel, but there's a problem with your right driver's side wheel. And I'm like, whoa, I'm all in on this. And she's like, no, 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 take this seriously. You could get in a lot of trouble, like absolutely. And I'm like, I should be nervous, but in a way I feel amazing like everyone else because i'm like there's actual this is like an actual data set like i can test a hypothesis as to whether this guide is actually telling the truth or not now i know the data set my car was not there i've never posted about my car nobody there knows me like there's very few variables for this experiment to run so i make an appointment at the volkswagen dealership to get my car checked out I do not tell them about the wheel because I may not know much about spirits, but I know a lot about mechanics. And if I tell them that there might be a problem, I am going to spiritually manifest a $500 repair. I get a call, I'm at work, I get a call and there's a problem with the car. I'm like, oh, but it's actually something to do with the suspension. It's not the wheels, but it is gonna cost me a couple of bucks so it's, and it's gonna take longer. So I don't go to get to go to pick up the car until the very end of the day. It's about five o'clock and the dealership is closing. There's a lot of people, it's crowded. There's people online in front of me, behind me. And there's one poor woman working the sort of cashier, but the whole, you know, the service thing. And so by the time I get up, 
I do say to her, so what was the problem with the car? And she says, oh, your sway bar was cracked. I said, okay, what's a sway bar? I don't know what that is. She says, it's a, it's a, your, it helps your suspension. It connects to either side of the front of the car and it helps the car from like rocking and potentially uh, flipping over. Uh, and I said, oh, okay, where, where does the sway bar connect? I don't understand. She says, oh, it connects uh, at either wheel. So it connects at the, what? I said, well, just the crack, because one of the connections was cracked, she says. And if it had actually split, the sway bar would have fallen while I was driving and the whole car would have lost its suspension and I could have been in a lot of danger. And I said, well, you're saying it connects at the two wheels. Which wheel does it connect at? And she says, oh, I, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It, we have to replace the entire rod no matter what. So debit or credit. And I am aware I am holding up the whole line, but the number of variables in my little test here have gotten amazingly small. I need to know the answer to, to this last question. So I said, look, I, I understand it's actually important to me. Can you find out which side the sway bar was cracked on? Which wheel was it at? So she picks up the phone and she calls the mechanic and she's on the phone and I can tell she's trying to look nice, but she's very annoyed. And she hangs up and she says, look, I talked to the mechanic. He says he doesn't know. He threw the sway bar out hours ago. There's really no way to know unless you wanted him to like pick through the garbage. And I'm like, well, am I the kind of person who's going to ask someone to dig through garbage because of this? Yes, I absolutely am. And I'm so nervous to say it. And I lean in very closely and I say, look, I'm asking, this is kind of important because I was told there was a problem with my car by a psychic. <laughs> and she said it was at one of the wheels and I need to know which wheel. And this woman looks at me and she says, sir, that is amazing. <laughs> I am going to go back and talk to the mechanic. And so she runs out of the room and I look back. There's all these people. They don't know what's going on, but they are so mad at me. And I'm so giddy and I'm so excited. Like this could be the thing. And I'm already feeling good. And I'm starting to wonder if maybe my very hypothesis was flawed in the first place, that maybe I actually there, you don't actually need to have proof to believe. Maybe you do just choose to believe in moments like this, and that's how you feel better. So maybe the proof isn't actually that important, which was an interesting sort of thing to be thinking about when she comes back in and she looks very sort of disappointed. But I told her what we all, and she says, we actually did find the sway bar. It wasn't hard to find, but I talked to the mechanic. I, I, I misspoke originally. The sway bar, it doesn't connect at the wheels. That, uh, that's my apology. It doesn't. It actually connects above the wheels. Your sway bar was cracked above the right driver's side wheel. And despite the crowd and the pressure, I lean in and I tell her about Pat and the race car driver and the right driver's side wheel. And then right as they're closing, we are hugging. <laughs> and out of that, I can't say that I like believe in God, but I do have this new scientific hypothesis that I've been pressure testing. 
I do kind of believe now that somewhere in the universe, there is a dead race car driver <laughs> that is looking out either for me or for my car. And I know the evidence so far, it's pretty thin, but I do have a lot of data points that show conclusively that when I believe, I definitely feel better. Thank you. That was Rich Tackenberg. Rich Tackenberg is a happily married gadget geek, a new homeowner, an SNL apologist, an Apple fanboy, a recent convert to tea, a dog owner, a recovering people pleaser, a comedy nerd, an LA resident, a New York native, a snob about disposable pens, and most importantly, a big fan of lists. All right, before we continue with today's episode and dive deeper into the science behind psychics, a couple of reminders. We have shows coming up in New York and D.C. next month. Visit storycollider.org tickets to find out more and grab your tickets for the show. You can also visit storycollider.org shows to find out more about how to bring a Story Collider show to your community. And if you would like to learn more about how to tell a science story yourself, check out storycollider.org education. We offer private workshops both online and in person for groups, and we offer public courses for individuals online. Also, if you're not already following us on social media, follow us at Story Collider. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And finally, if you're a fan of this podcast, and if you, like us, believe in the power these stories have to reveal the humanity behind science, to change our understanding of how science happens and to whom it belongs, please consider donating to the Story Collider at storycollider.org donate. You can also sign up to support us on a monthly basis at patreon.com slash thestorycollider. Our Patreon supporters can receive an ad-free version of this podcast, as well as occasional bonus episodes and other gifts. We're so grateful to everyone who helps make our work possible. Misha here. If you enjoy our episodes on career pathways in healthcare or the STEM field at large, then I have the perfect podcast recommendation for you, Raising Health. Previously called BioEats World, Raising Health comes from leading venture capital firm Andreessen Horowitz, the same team behind the acclaimed A16Z podcast. Each episode, Raising Health dives deep into the heart of healthcare, biotech, and AI with venture capital investors and A16Z general partners. Along the way, they explore the real challenges and opportunities in health and biotech entrepreneurship. So whether you're interested in building a new digital healthcare company or your company is advancing a new novel medicine, Raising Health sheds light on some of the opportunities and obstacles along the founder's journey. Not to mention, you'll hear raw insights, actionable advice from notable guests like Omada CEO and co-founder Sean Duffy, an AI expert and Incitro CEO Daphne Kohler. Don't miss out. Follow Raising Health on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and tell them I sent you. So back to that pin we were talking about a few minutes ago. After listening to Rich's story, the Story Collider team knew we just had to dig into the science of psychics how they do what they do, why some of us are so inclined to believe. So I called up two researchers who have for years been studying perception, illusion, and stage magic, and who have some thoughts of their own on psychics. Susanna Martinez-Conde and Stephen Macknick are neuroscientists at the State University of New York Downstate Medical Center. They're also co-authors of the book Slights of Mind, what the neuroscience of magic reveals about our everyday deceptions. And if you're a longtime Story Collider stan, you might even remember Susanna and Steve from a story we aired in 2018. Susanna and Steve chatted with me about Rich's story and what might have happened with that West Hollywood psychic. 
Susanna and Steve, welcome back to Story Collider. We're so delighted to have you here with us. And thanks for listening to Rich's story. Let's dive right in. So we can start with what might be going on with people like Rich talk to psychics. How would you describe what psychics are doing? What are they advertising? And what's actually happening when they do a reading? Well, I would say that fundamentally it's a matter of false advertisement because the service that is supposedly being performed is not such. What the psychic is providing is... um, sort of magic show, if you will, based on pretty much the same kinds of uh, techniques and methods that magicians used, but they're not calling it a stage show. They're calling it something outside of what we know science and physics and the natural world to be. Overwhelmingly, what we found when we visited uh, these types of events was that the psychics were preying on a subpopulation that really needed someone to tell them what they wanted to hear. So these are people who had real illnesses or real problems in their family or real issues that they felt despair and hopelessness for. And the psychic, if you want to call it a service uh, or you want to call it a fraud, I guess both of these things might be considered true depending on your perspective. But they were preying on these issues and basically getting paid to tell people what they wanted to hear. And also something that I think it's important to keep in mind is that the kind of people or or the moment uh, in their lives in which people may go to a psychic does tend to be uh, vulnerable people in vulnerable situations in their lives. they're, they're people who are often suffering and they're looking for solutions and uh, spending their money, time, resources on a psychic that is going to provide not a solution, but the illusion of one. It's uh, just not the best expenditure of, uh, of these resources. Right, which brings us to the story that we're running on the podcast this week. You know, Rich describes himself right at the top of the story as a skeptic. He's very data-driven. He's not maybe the type of person that certainly I would automatically assume would go to a psychic, and he's not that person at the beginning of the story. But he's still so tempted to believe that the psychic is telling him something genuine about his car. What is so appealing about what psychics have to offer people that even people like Rich are tempted to buy in at various points in their life? Well, it can happen to the best of us. Yeah, there are a lot of of avenues in Rich's story that open up the possibility of cognitive fallacies and illusions. And so one of the things that I really liked about his story is it gave us some real openings to talk about those things with you and, and to really get down into how this could have happened. Yeah. I mean, did any particular detail from the story jump out at you as, huh, that sounds familiar, or you know, maybe the psychic was picking up on X, Y, or Z? Well, something that was uh, interesting to me, there are many issues and there are many, many details that stood out for us. But uh, something that I thought was interesting was that when the psychic is supposedly communicating with the spirit of this uh, race car driver, um, he doesn't use uh, the technical word, which I believe is the sway bar, but instead refers to this thingy above the wheel, and uh, which uh, seems a bit suspect coming from an expert. 
And so it actually reminded me of the famous story of Harry Houdini when uh, he also, uh, at one point in his life, even though he became a famous debunker of uh, so-called paranormal phenomena, he wanted to believe at one point that he wanted to establish communication with his dead mother. And so he went to visit Miriam, who was actually the wife of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator of Sherlock Holmes and and other stories. So she uh, said she could help him communicate with his mother. And so she channeled the spirit of the mother who right away told Harry Houdini how happy she was to talk to him, how proud she was of him. And Harry Houdini immediately realized that that was not his mother that the whole thing was a hoax because his mother would have never called him Harry. His real name was Eric, and she only ever spoke to him in German. So how these um, ghosts and spirits communicate through the medium, it's, uh, it is telling. If, um, is the medium really speaking in, with words and uh, languages in some cases that they would use, or it's uh, some other persona behind them. And uh, and so in the case of this race car driver, it didn't sound like uh, the person speaking was an expert on cars. Right. That's a really good point. But I mean, I think it comes down to, even if that's all true, how could they possibly make this amazing prediction that turned out to be true? That's so unlikely for this to happen. And the fact is, is it's not that unlikely for this to happen. So over a 30-year period, there have been about 1,115 recalls for every 1,000 cars sold. Okay? So you can see this on iccars.com, that this is this is a known fact, and it's presumably, I believe, known very well to that psychic who may well have been doing what a technique called hot reading which is to have hot information or, or information that is definitely known uh, or, or very likely to be about a subject and then portray it as part of a prediction from a dead source. And so if this was a, a hot reading, you know, we don't know what kind of car the storyteller drove, but between the period of 2011 and 2017, for example, Ford Explorers had a recall on sway bars that affected 1.2 million vehicles. So imagine that the psychic, as part of their job, as people arrive at their house in their cars, she looks out the window and she looks in her driveway and in the road in front of her house, and she looks at the different car models and she looks up those car models to see if there's anything with a recall, okay? Which is very likely, not very unlikely. So if she has a room of 12 people, I think he said, it's very likely that at least one of them has a recall. So she could now arm herself knowing that there, one of them had a recall. And, uh, and then uh, even if she got the side of the car wrong with the, you know, the right side versus the left side of the sway bar, it's 50-50. But even if she got it wrong, it's still an amazing prediction, even if it's the left side and not the right side, right? So how this prediction could have happened is, is actually not difficult to imagine at all if you are armed with the knowledge that recalls are common and it would seem amazing to someone who you predict. Right. The other technique that psychics use, of course, is cold reading, in which you can just make generalizations 
and be right a lot of the time because they apply to everybody. And one example from the story is when the psychic said to one of the guests, there is somebody in your life that's going to disappoint you in the next 30 days. And that basically would apply to 100% of the people. It would uh, apply to me every day, I think, within uh, within the next little hours. Right. <laughs> it's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I was thinking that too. You know, you say something like, oh, someone in your life must be mad at you, or you look out the window and see... Uh, kids' toys or a car seat in the car, and you say, "Oh, you know, your your kid might cause you some trouble in the next two months." I, of course, those things are going to happen. <laughs> so that makes total sense. But I guess to return to the customer side of the story, I mean, Rich started out as a, out as a skeptic, and still he was he was tempted to buy in. You know, I imagine there are some people who are more susceptible to this type of. I guess, marketing or magic tricking. Uh, How does that factor in? Well, I think another of the elements that we see in Richard's story is a fair amount of uh, confirmation bias, if you will, which is one of the um, Mm -hmm. most common cognitive biases. And yes, he states at the beginning of the story that he's a skeptic, but he has a vested interest. He he wants to believe and he yeah. states that I want to believe because I think that believing is going to make me happy. And then guess what? He ends up believing and feeling happier for it. And I think that that brings us to the last thing I wanted to ask about, which is undoubtedly there are psychics and magicians and all sorts of people who have been able to exploit others because of their beliefs, because of their inherent biases. But in a lot of cases, is there potentially a positive to believing in psychics? You know, is there always necessarily a harm? Which seems fairly happy at the end of the story. So what's the big deal if he listens to a psychic every now and then? Yeah, I I, I don't think that there's a big positive here. I think that what happened to to Rich, the way he told the story anyway, was that he was pressed to, to get his car repaired or, or taken in. And it could have been that his sway bar was broken. It could have been that it wasn't. And he would have uh, scheduled this car repair and ended up losing money and time based on something that wasn't real. And so when this is happening in a different context of someone who is actually very concerned and desperate to learn something that they really need to know about their cancer, for example, and they're given, for example, a magic crystal that if they only put that under their pillow at night, this is going to get rid of their tumors, which is the kind of thing we've seen at sold at psychic fairs. Mm -hmm. Um, Then this can be extremely damaging because they may believe and hope in this crystal that was very inexpensive and it's not going to take a, you know, maybe a hundred thousand dollars for a surgery to remove and their belief system allows them to go home thinking that this is actually more likely to work than a surgery and less pain. And then they don't get the actual medical care that they need. So uh, I, I, I haven't heard a case yet where I can come away thinking, wow, I'm really glad that that confirmation bias or that memory illusion or that false causation really happened because otherwise the world would be worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and of course, there's a selection process, right? Like we select the memories and we select the stories. 
that are good to share and that are good to remember. Um, the stories in which um, maybe the psychic prediction prediction didn't come through at all, they don't make it to the story collider or the cases in which the person went to um, psychic and ended up feeling even more miserable than they started with. Uh, we don't tend to hear about those stories. They're just not as rewarding to, to hear about. They, does, they don't give you the sense of um, curiosity. So it, it is easy to end up with a very biased picture of the quote-unquote services um, that psychics provide. I wonder, in doing your research on psychics, has anyone ever asked you something along the lines of, well, makes sense to be a skeptic, makes sense to be data-driven, but how do you stop yourself from being completely cynical about everything? <laughs> Where is the line between not believing what's actually bunk and having no faith at all in other people? Well, that's interesting. Usually people ask us, how can they protect themselves and, and gird themselves against illusions so that they can have perfect perception? And usually our advice to that is you don't want that. You don't want perfect perception. You want to... Uh, to the illusions help you, not not the, the frauds in this case, but the, the illusions that help you live your life, that fill in the gaps and that allow you to see things uh, that are uh, correct in context, even though your sensory systems can't quite uh, perceive them with perfect alacrity. That kind of illusion is helpful. Yeah, I think that, that we don't want to, or we've never been asked, uh, that people want to perceive those things because because uh, otherwise their lives will be worsened. At least I don't recall having had that happen. I think there are many ways in which we can make our lives happy and meaningful without deluding ourselves in the process or being exploited by others in the process. And um, But we may not be ever completely objective. And so the danger tends to go in the other direction because the way that our brains are wired is to be to see the glass half full if you will and there is a whole range of um, what are known as positive illusions in which uh, we tend to interpret reality including gambling odds and uh, all sorts of life situations better than they objectively are and this is generally a sign of good mental health, that we tend to be more optimistic than circumstances granted. But um, I don't think that we need to go one step further or 10 steps further and try to seek ways to disconnect ourselves further from reality. Yeah, I think we, we are so often told the, I guess, slightly trite phrase that seeing is believing, but in a lot of cases, it's a little bit more like believing is seeing. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think that is all we have time for, but Steve and Susanna, thank you both so much for joining us. Sounds great. Thank you so much. This was fun. Thank you very much. The Story Collider is so grateful to Rich for sharing his story with us, and to Susanna and Steve for shepherding us through the science of psychics. The Story Collider is also very grateful for the support of Science Sandbox, a Simons Foundation initiative dedicated to engaging everyone with the process of science.
This podcast is produced by Aaron Barker, executive director and co-founder of The Story Collider, with help from managing producer Misha Gajewski and senior podcast editor Jun Chen. Special thanks goes out to Story Collider's board and the rest of our staff, including managing director Anne-Marie Lonsdale, science advisory fellow Edith Gonzalez, and operations manager Lindsay Cooper, without whom none of this would be possible. The story featured in today's episode was produced by Leslie Burnson and Brian Kett. Our theme music is by Ghost. Next week, Misha Gajewski will be back with more true personal stories about science. Until then, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Catherine Wu. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.